determined to secure the supremacy of Parliament forever. The Declaration of Rights, read aloud by the clerk to the House of Lords, was a remarkable document, setting out the rights of every citizen. William and Mary, sitting shoulder to shoulder in the banqueting house, had to sign up to its demands before they could become king and queen. From that point on, the monarch had to obey the law rather than be above it. She or he could no longer meddle with the legal system, levy taxes or maintain an army in peacetime without the consent of Parliament. Freedom of speech in parliamentary debate was guaranteed, one of the founding principles of democracy. The monarch's ability to act as an independent authority, ignoring the will of others, was stifled, and she or he would be forced to call Parliament regularly. After the rights had been read out, William of Orange declared... We thankfully accept what you have offered us. The assembled politicians answered with a shout of joy, loud enough to be heard in the streets below, where the huge crowd cheered back. To the sound of trumpets, William and Mary were offered the crown, and nothing would ever be quite the same again. The moment marked the birth of modern British politics. Finally, the power struggle between Parliament and Crown had been settled, But the curious thing about that historic day in the banqueting house was that there was not one monarch sitting in the room, but two. It was not just the new king, William III, who had had to sign up to one of the most important terms and conditions in history, but the queen also. Mary was not there merely as William's wife for moral support and window dressing. She was of equal status, and what became known as the Glorious Revolution could not have happened without her. So who was Mary, and why did a very personal choice between her father and her husband change the course of British history? In the 17th century, the only route to political power for women was one over which they had no control, an accident of birth that made them queen. Even then, the establishment did everything possible to stop them, with male heirs superseding female and male monarchs desperate for sons. Born in 1662, Mary was the eldest daughter of James II and her father's favourite child. There was, however, a split between them that would grow into a destructive chasm. Religion. Mary was brought up as a devout Protestant at the insistence of Charles II, despite the Catholicism of both her parents. It was an upbringing that stubbornly stuck. Her father's attempts to convert her fell on deaf ears, and she resisted the Catholic writings that he doggedly sent to her. Aged just fifteen, she was married to her Protestant cousin William, and moved to Holland to be with him. Of course, this was no love match. It was one of Charles II's attempts to build alliances with other Protestant powers. The teenage Mary was deeply unhappy at the prospect of spending her life with an unfamiliar man twelve years older and four inches shorter than her. She wept throughout the ceremony. William was an awkward man, outwardly aloof and unpopular. To make matters worse, he was having an affair with one of Mary's ladies-in-waiting. Elizabeth Villiers, known as Squinting Betty, was no beauty, but she was witty, intelligent, and had a grip on William that his new wife had no hope of prizing off. Within a year of marriage, Mary had her first miscarriage. She was to remain childless. Despite the unpromising beginnings, however, Mary and William's marriage lasted until death. 
William could appear callous and dismissive in public, but contemporaries claim he was devoted to Mary, whose own sense of duty meant she was determined to be the perfect loyal wife. That mattered. Back in England, religious tensions were rising. Protestants were increasingly restless about the Catholic James II, and when his son was born, bumping Protestant Mary down the pecking order as the new heir to the throne, they decided to act. At the invitation of James's opponents, William of Orange landed in Devon with 25,000 soldiers. It was the largest force ever to invade England, and James had no chance of resisting. Deserted by his generals, he soon realised the game was up and fled to France. That was where Mary came in. William had wealth, power and brute military strength, but his wife gave him the missing ingredient that would make him acceptable to the public. As the daughter of the man her husband had humiliated, she had blood...